Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, it is weird because at least six times in the last two days, although to be fair, I have done about 15 one-to-one calls, but six people out of 15 have basically said to me, look, I'm Rob, I'm trying to get into a new market. One guy who is in the army who wants to get into leadership. Uh, Someone else who's in a a corporate role wants to get into a consultancy role. Uh, Someone who's in property who wants to go into a new area. And they all said, ah, but I think my market is saturated. Uh, And I'm gobsmacked at how many people say that because they don't have any evidence. They haven't done any research. There is no proof. And I think it's because they're scared. I think it's because they see a few people doing it and then it makes them worry that they've not been doing it long enough. They're not good enough. They may fail, etc. So this is going to be quite a simple um, answer to the question, is your market saturated? But before I talk about the saturation of a market, I want to talk about you and your perception of your market. Because I was talking to someone who runs a property group like myself. He runs a property community. And you would think that everyone is in property when you're in a group of 27, 28,000 people are in property on Facebook. Uh, Yet out of what, 75 million people in the UK? How many of them have more than one buy to let? Out of 75 million people, how many of them have one or more buy-to-lets? Well, I I don't know. It it can't be more than a couple of hundred thousand, I wouldn't have thought. Surely not. So what you find is we have myopia in that we we have this cognitive bias. What we see, we believe, is what there is all out there, when in reality, it's hardly ever at all. Uh, And where you spend your time is what you will start to convince yourself is the real wider world. So you'll see, you'll you'll be a property investor, you'll be in a property group, and you'll see six people who are property trainers or deal packagers or sources. And you'll say, oh, everyone's now a property deal packager. Everyone's now a, a property deal sourcer. How many people are there in the UK of 75 million people who source deals on a professional level to other people? That would be a few thousand, tens of thousands, not even hundreds of thousands. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing, but not that many. Even in the most mature of industries, I still believe that a market isn't saturated unless there is absolutely zero, and I mean zero, Um, demand for the product or service anymore. So the answer to the the simple answer to the question, is your market saturated, is no. And here's why. Because there's always, always 
room for the best. If you are the best, if you are the most prolific, if you care the most, if you offer the best service, if you offer the best value, if you're a property investor and you offer the best kind of property in the best location, you know, you did the best refurb, you make it look the nicest inside, you've got a competitive rent, you're, you're a good landlord to rent from, then you win. And if you constantly evolve, evolve and improve and seek feedback and grow, then you continue to win. And it's that simple. So when I started in property investing, I probably had been buying buy-to-lets for two to three years and I wrote a book called Property Investing Secrets. Now, uh, were there a lot of property books out back then? Yeah, there were loads. Hmm. Uh, and then I uh, launched a course called the Property Investors Masterclass, which is a two-day property course. Back then, in the property groups or the forums, that, as they were back then, were there, um, did it seem like there were a lot of people running property courses? Yeah. Were there? No. Um, could you convince yourself that there were? Yeah. Fast forward, now what? 12 years and we do 850 training days a year. Does it seem like there are more people and more competition in the property market? Yeah. Are there? Probably not. Do we know more of them now? We're more mature in the market? Yeah. Uh, and then when I started, I had one book and one property course. Uh, and now I've written 14 books and my business partner and some of our trainers, you probably could add another 10 to that. Uh, and then we do 850 training days a year. And what started as a two day property investing course is now a service accommodation course, uh, a low and no money down property investing course. So, uh, we've got deal packaging course, HMO course. We've got a podcast course, a social media course. We've got a speakers course. We've got various masterminds, academies, mentorships. We must have 30 different courses. And if I'd have said back in 2008, oh, there are loads of people writing property books, I'm not going to write one. I'm not going to get into property. Or if I'd have said, oh, there are loads of people doing property courses, I'm not going to do property courses, I'm not going to get into them, that would have cost me more than £100 million in gross sales. If I'd have not got into property because I thought everyone was a landlord, that would have cost me millions in capital value and rents. Hmm. Now, I, I've written a book called Start Now, Get Perfect Later, which talks about getting um, a minimum viable product uh, with feedback from your market, you know, your ideal clients, the clients you've used already or people that you could go into Facebook groups and ask their opinion um, of, you know, problems and pains and solutions. And then you add your level of expertise, whatever experience you've had over the, the, the years or the decades. And then you launch that product or service to a small amount of people you do some competitor analysis to work out what they do well and what they do not so well. You pick the best bits and the worst bits and you take away the worst bits and you keep the best bits and then you put your own unique bits and then you take feedback from clients and community members and put those bits in and you create your own unique hybrid and then you put it out to the market uh, and then you continually evolve version 2, version 3, version 4, version 5. I mean, I don't know how many Apple phones they've made. It must be 12? I don't know. If you can count, count the S's, and the bigger ones might be 15, 20. And then how many versions of iOS, their operating system of their being? 
Oh, dozens, dozens and dozens and dozens. Um, was the phone market a competitive market when Apple launched their phone? Yeah. Did they do something different? Yeah. Was it disruptive? Yeah. So even in what might seem to be the most saturated market, if you are the best, if you seek feedback, if you analyze your competition and you do what the best do well and you, do, and you don't do what the worst do, uh, and you add your own unique flavor and you keep evolving and improving and iterating, then you win and everyone else loses. And those that are the market saturated, they never get in. Uh, and those that don't evolve and improve, they're like, oh, my market's changed. It doesn't work anymore. And then they lose. I don't have anything more to say on it. You can do Google searches. You can do trend searches. You can do all manner of research. Uh, about your market, but you never really know what your market is until you've got real people paying real money to you, whether it's a property that you rent or whether it's a product that you launch and you physically sell. The feedback of the demand are the buyers. And then if it doesn't work, you improve. And if it doesn't work, you improve. And if it doesn't work, you improve. But I cannot think of anything on this planet where there's not room for one more that's more disruptive, like taxis, black taxis in London. You'd think that's a pretty good monopoly. And then all of a sudden Uber come along and they disrupt. So if you're worried that your market is saturated, look at what everyone else is doing and do something completely different. Uh, and um, remove the middleman, reduce the price, increase the speed, increase the value. And then you win. Hi, it's Rob here, interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand-selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts for any training that we might run, not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a, a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anything. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,005 500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. So, so many people are asking me, Rob, um, I think that my market is saturated. Is my market saturated? Should I even bother doing it in the first place? Should I bother doing something else? And I think they're asking the wrong question. I think the right question actually is, am I really passionate about this? Do I want to do it and would I do it for a long time and would I endure the challenges along the way? Could I even enjoy the challenges? Will I not moan, not complain, not blame, but roll up my sleeves and get what needs to be done, done? 
Will I constantly have this desire for improvement? Will I take full responsibility? Or am I looking for a quick out, a quick win, or a get, get rich quick? And, and, and passion's a commonly used word, but it's not just about enjoyment. It's about longevity, endurance. It's about a little bit of grit. It's about a sadistic pleasure in pain and solving problems and dealing with challenges. Like I, um, I went to um, meet my accountant today um, with Mark, my business partner. And he had this piece of paper with this big flow chart all over it. And it was, it was like, it was like, it was something like our rain man, you know, and it's scribbled all over the paper so hard. There's all these r- 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 circles and squares and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and all this writing on crossing out. Uh, and, and I could see he hadn't slept and he'd been figuring out a way to sort out a potential um, accountant accounts problem for us. Uh, and... Yeah, it looked like he's probably come up with something that even our accountant didn't know how to do. And this could save us six or maybe even seven figures in the next three years. And Mark had a smile on his face. It was like, what do you think? Have I solved the problem? And his face was a bit like, am I a genius, Mr. Accountant? I pay you to do this work, Mr. Accountant. But am I a genius? And he got a pleasure out of solving a huge problem. Hmm. And that is passion, my good friends. And you don't care about the market and the saturation and the fear and, oh, can I do it? And have I been doing it long enough? And am I good enough? If you've only been doing things, something for a short amount of time, and when you say is the market saturated, what you're really worried about is not being good at it or maybe being perceived that you're not yet, you know, credible enough to go out there and put yourself out on social media and shout out about your new product or service. Well, just find your place and your level and ratchet it up over time. So if you've got three by to lets and you don't want to come across like some property guru, then um, write a little course and uh, price it accordingly on how to get your first buy to let property. Now, that, there'll be massive demand for that, by the way. And that's a very good niche. Now, if you've got three buy to lets, you can safely navigate someone buying through their first one who's never bought one before. Now, that's not going to work for someone who wants 100 properties. But then once you've got five and 10 and 20 and you build your credibility over time, then you can obviously increase the reach, the impact, uh, and maybe the depth of of what it is that you do. All right, cool. So I hope you've enjoyed that. A nice quick one. If you thought it was useful to you, hit me up with some stars. And uh, I think that's it, really. It's a nice, quick, short one on um, is any market saturated? I honestly don't believe any market is saturated. I'm looking around here. So the laptop market. Well, Apple came in and kicked everyone's ass. But still, Lenovo is still there and um, Windows are still there. And if someone came and did something disruptive and new, uh, looking around here, speakers, well, you you know, an AV and audio equipment. Well, um, there's definitely always room for great audio equipment. Uh, And um, if if you can make something sound better than everybody else, doesn't matter if there's 100 hi-fi companies. Look at vinyl. Vinyl's back. If you can see my vinyl over there, it's had a resurgence. I'm trying to think of a business model where it is completely saturated and what I am saying is wrong. And I just can't think of one. If you want to um, try and prove me wrong, I'm all up for that. T-shirt printing. Is that oversaturated? What if you are a better price? What if you create better quality materials? What if you get some really cool quotes? Um, I've been getting a load of people asking me for disruptive T-shirts. Loads of people. Um, I'm not planning on launching any merch. 
But um, how many T-shirt providers out there? How many T-shirts with quotes on are there out there? Um, how many people sell merch? And I'm still getting asked for it. So something to think about. Fidget spinners, bring them back. Retro fidget spinners. <laughs> All right, so thank you for the stars. Let me do some shout outs now. If you've got any questions, far and away, by the way, because I feel like this is quite a short life stream for me and I always like to give you value and I don't want to waffle on for the sake of it, but I, I do, I do want to help you out. Photocopiers, what if you could provide one that is infinitely quicker and infinitely smaller? I get this, Paul, because um, no, it was um, Colin. We have got a massive industrial photocopier in the office. In fact, we've got two. And the fucking things always go wrong. And the poor engineers, they might as well just come in, picture 10, or ask, request a bed and just live in our freaking office. And if you could have a photocopier that never went wrong, man, all other photocopying companies are going out of business. Job done. Fact. So Curtis said, my area, Berkshire, is saturated. Um, well, I would go and find out how many, what the population is, and I'd go and find out how many houses there are, and I think you'd probably find there isn't. And if you do a higher quality of service accommodation, or if you um, get to know the estate agents really well and, and, and make it easy for them to buy from you, or you find the nice little areas with the, the, the best yields. I, I, I drive around my um, street, um, and I walk around here a lot doing calls. And it's not an exact, I mean, I've lived in this house for what, five or six years. I've lived in Peterborough for 20 years, something like that. And um, I would say one in three times when I walk around and drive around and I do that a lot. And I always take detours around all the streets um, just to, you know, see what's what. Uh, I always like to drive around the nice streets just in case a really nice house is up for sale. And one in three times I, sit, I spot a new house, even on my street. I spot a new house, you know, when, oh, there's a drive down there, a private road there. Or I go and sneak down there. I look in, oh, I didn't realize there's a house behind there. So you can't tell me that Berkshire, a whole freaking suburb, it's almost a county, I know it's not, um, is saturated. I, I, I don't believe that. Camilla's just said here, I think every bloody person is teaching SA now. Um, so... Uh, apparently there are 67 million people in the UK. There might even be more. So Camilla, are 67 million people doing serviced accommodation? The answer is no. It was funny because you're in, in, in a Circle Mastermind Elite and you said, ah, oh, you were talking to someone about doing content in the progressive property community and you said to them that they should because in their niche there's no competition but everyone's doing serviced accommodation. But you, I think you were talking about one, two, three people. So you know when people say everyone, they mean three. So when people say always, they mean once every 10 years. Or when they say never, they mean actually it happened 13 minutes ago. <laughs> so people tend to exaggerate um, over or under. So how many people in the progressive community are doing service accommodation? Um, I bet you out of 27,000 people, I bet you it's not even 250. I'd be surprised. Um, and by the way, there might be 500 learning it, but how many are actually doing it? A, f a couple or 300 maybe. How many doing it? Like you've just said as well, Camilla, you focus on your service and you focus on how you're different and you're unique. And that's exactly the right thing to do in a busy market. Um, so there's always room at the top. The, the cream uh, of the milk always rises to the top. Uh, anything else I can help you with? It looks like we're good. 
So thanks for tuning in. Uh, have a great evening. Remember, it's all about being great. It's all about continual improvement. It's all about honoring your own uniqueness and greatness. It's about being creative. It's about being disruptive. It's about being innovative. It's about listening to feedback and finding out what's going on in your market. It's about understanding your market better than everybody else. It's about having good relationships with people who are in your market, who are at the top of your market. You know, it's about being able to maintain those good relationships over many years, do partnerships and ventures. Uh, and, and collaborations and you know your continual service and being a student to your market and I've just given you 20 things there that beat um, you know the me too markets and saturation all day long so go and be great at all of those I believe in you hillbillies thanks for tuning in remember if you don't risk anything you risk everything and if you're watching the replay hit me up with 500 stars and you can shout out yourself or your book, your podcast, your brand, your Facebook page, or whatever it is you want to shout out. Disclaimer, I'm not able to do any DD or research on them. You should always do your own.